All right, guys. Today is February 2nd, 2024. This is another episode of West Bank Robbery. We're recording this at uh, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, 50 feet below Tons of Concrete and Rebar in Langley, Virginia. Uh, we have another great episode today. Uh, we've got Pedro Nemron. Export on Portugal and our Portuguese correspondent. Say hello to people, Pedro. <laughs> Hi, people. <laughs> Great. So we're going to be continuing off our history of the Portuguese yeah. people and nation and the end um, of the empire. Yes. If you heard the last episode, I think you'll be happy to hear it that the empire does in fact end. Uh, yes. And hopefully, Spain and Portugal unite by the end of the episode. We have a lot of <laughs> listeners that. One, they've been calling themselves Pedrophiles. I don't know if that's the best branding, but they seem really into it. I'm okay. <laughs> um, they really like you. Uh, Thank you. And they're also Iberian Unionists, which yep. I think that's more my doing. But you know, yeah, it's, it's always it's always one of those things that it's in the in the back of the mind of everybody. People more or less are okay with the idea. Oh really? Uh, Is there although, a political party advocating Iberian Unionism? No, no. But the, there is so much interconnectivity, particularly in the economy, that we function almost as the, the one economy. Our main export partner is Spain. Our main import partner is—I don't know if Spain is the first, of, first or the second, because I think the first is Germany. But it's like it's one big economy. You guys you know, both just, are like major agricultural powerhouses, right? Like, I don't know, just from doing my trade on, I, th I believe you guys export like most of the fruit to Germany and that kind of thing. Like, that's Spain. That's Spain. We we don't produce that much uh, food at this point mm -hmm. because we had these uh, reforms in the 80s with one uh, prime minister um, that mostly shut down our um, production. Huh. Uh, fishery, yeah, fishery and agriculture, and and now we are a country investing in tourism. That plague, <laughs> you know, because there's hotels everywhere, and it it fucks the economy. Because when you stop being uh, the 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 chosen destination, then what do you do? I'm what very, do you do with the hotels? <laughs> that's so, you had your own Reagan, but it, like. You can't do that. You had like a whole thing going on yeah. and then you become a tourism economy. That's not how it's supposed to go. Yes. Tourism yes. economies yes. are for places that were discovered and then destroyed by the British in like 1850. You know, yes. like you guys have been exactly. around forever. Yeah. Huh. That, that's, that's how the EU, uh, that's, that's part of the EU plan. Now this government that uh, got kicked was slightly trying to counterbalance that with a few projects. And it, it was funny that the, the projects that uh, would imply uh, more production, more industrial production and extraction, were the ones that caused the the scandal, the corruption scandal. Oh, I'm not saying that course. they aren't corrupt. Of course, they are corrupt. But it's funny that they picked on on those projects. You can't do production without corruption. To a of course degree. Not. You cannot do capitalism without corruption. No. It, it's like it's one on one. <laughs> you guys have a pretty like you. You still have the Socialist Party in charge, right? Yeah. Well, sort of. Now it's in. We're waiting for elections in March. Okay, great. We'll have to have you back on then. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been very pleased with Spain recently. Um, yeah, yeah. They because, uh, they yeah. tripled their funding to UNRWA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I did not expect, but the Spanish have been very good. 
Um, yep. I guess just kind of being on the Mediterranean or whatever has kind of the Mediterranean European states kind of had a little bit uh, less of an extreme hatred for Arabs, I think, than like the uh, English. Yeah, and we, we both uh, the governments of Portugal and Spain are trying to. Um, it's not opposed, but to try to counter uh, the the main or the central European countries in the EU that only want us for the beaches and to produce tomatoes. <laughs> you know that yeah. it's not that much added value. Well, I hope Portugal and rises against yeah, the Huns, we will. the fucking we, Germans. We will. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Those people living in the swamps and in the forests of Central Europe. <laughs> yeah, it is funny how they became the powerhouse. I guess it's yeah, like coal. It's a bit like Portugal. They were good at war at one point. <laughs> so you were telling me, okay, yeah, that the police in Portugal are sleeping oh. outside. Yes, they, they live they in were, the streets. They... They're like bat. They're like hobo Batman. <laughs> I think that's how they see themselves. Yes, usually yeah. hobo with a shotgun. Uh, they are making a protest because. Um, with these kind of corruption scandals and everything, that they, they are uh, attacking the, the main parties. Uh, the government decided to increase a payment bonus, a payment bonus to the um, judiciary. It's kind of like the investigative police, kind of like FBI. So the guys that can arrest them, so they decided to pay them off. <laughs> That's what you do, okay? With a, a risk subsidy, an increase for 800 euros. That's more or less the minimal wage in here. Uh, and uh, the other police, per year? Uh, the urban police, sorry? Per year or? No, per month. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. could be better, but it's, it's, it's decent. Yeah. Um, um, and the, the, the urban police, the city police and the rural police didn't got this, uh, this increase in payment. So they came out to the streets to complain. They are also making uh, um, a kind of political campaign for the, the far right. So they have an interest to being in the news. But yesterday they shot themselves on both feet, which oh. was wonderful. <laughs> because they decided that they, um, they wouldn't go to um, a football match. They wouldn't, secure, they wouldn't assure the, their presence. So the game with one of the main teams in Portugal, didn't go through. <laughs> oh, no. The, the supporters, uh, the um, the firms, like they call it in English, mm -hmm. the, the hooligans, decided to have, a, well, a great street brawl because there were no riot cops, so they decided to have a go at each other for hours. And now they are getting their, <laughs> their years pulled, you know? Was there a, a by the political military. character to these, uh, like the ultras of these teams? Uh, well, sort of. The the guys in 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 the team, uh, the Sporting. It's one uh, one of the biggest teams in Lisbon. There are okay. two. It's Benfica and Sporting. They are connected to the far right. Okay, and yesterday there was a demonstration by the far by the far right, um, but uh, not the the new. Kind of far right, the, the old school skinheads and stuff. Um, so and a bunch of like forty-year-olds with like Franco tattoos yeah. on their ass. Yes, cool. all, all pumped with steroids, you know, oh, yeah. uh, with that um, kind of uh, security for uh, that low bar prostitution house slash 
<laughs> very low key uh, uh, security guys. Okay. And that that's that's their usual stuff. Yeah. So they were in in a protest, and well, now it's going badly because everybody's pissed because they stopped the, <laughs> the national championship. And football is a big thing in Portugal. So. Yeah, that's like the opposite of Argentina losing, like winning the World Cup. That's like canceling the like. That's like canceling yeah, the World the Cup. That's, you might as well lose a war. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. People would be less pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, I wish the Portuguese police uh, luck. <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> you're so com- like you you. You're you're so mean to Portugal. I feel like I have to provide some balance. No, no, here. no. I'm 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 I, I will be more uh, okay to Portugal. Uh, I don't like much that kind of that aspect of our history. I like. We're getting to the first good moments, like 1975-ish. We're getting to the first <laughs> yeah. good thing that ever happened. 74, 75. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's the dream. Uh, the Portuguese usually are very critic critical of Portugal. Not not exactly in the same sense, but yeah. We were good. We were really good at fighting. We, the, it was something almost beautiful to behold when, when you kind of like this kind of stuff. Because it's it's incredible. The, the Portuguese were like five boats against 500 and we were kicking ass. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind know? of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and they were crazy fighting. They were just like going on top of the ships and taking their armor because with the armor they couldn't get hurt. So they want to give a chance to the other guys <laughs> to hurt them. So, yeah. They could get hurt, though. It seemed like there was like a there's like a strain that runs through like Portuguese upper class violence, like very like suicidal streak. That I feel like England doesn't reach until like the mid 1800s or something yeah. with their upper class, but like Portugal suicidal the entire way, like they yeah. wanted to go to Valhalla or something. Something like that, yes. One thing that I didn't mention uh, on our previous episode when we finished our Reconquista, but even before that, there were quite often instances where the Portuguese nobility would would fight for the Spanish, for Castile, for um, Leon to fight against the Moors really? as yeah. mercenaries. Huh. And the next year they would be fighting the Spanish, you know, just it was their activity. It was their thing. They were all warriors. I like that, though. I, I kind yeah. of like the like mercenary era of warfare, like a pike and shot, <laughs> just because like no hard feelings, you know, nobody really has to die unless they don't get paid. And then they kill everybody within 20 miles. Yeah. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's I find it quaint. I'd love to be a pikeman like who got like positioned very far away from the Lord. So I can just kind of like. <laughs> I can just kind of swing our pikes at each other without getting killed, you know? Just kind of fake it. Yell at German to the other guys who are also German for some reason. Uh, All right, so let's do this. I kind of like the idea of being a... Okay, let's do it. No, you know what? Yeah, let's get to the history. Uh, Also, listeners, I'm so sorry. Last last episode, I planned to go through all of Portuguese history in two and a half hours. Um, Did not know there was so much. I I was surprised. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we're we're going to be focusing today on the post World War II era and the colonial wars. Uh, che Guevara may appear. And Che Guevara Just two quick notes. So mm-hmm. first, a mistake. Last episode, I said that Pedro the First, the Emperor of Brazil, was born in Brazil. He wasn't. My mistake. Mm-hmm. My bad. Sorry for that. I got excited. <laughs> he fled there, didn't he? No, he fled. He fled there with his uh, with his family, with his father and his mother. Uh, and then, when the parents returned to Portugal, he decided that he was going to be the the king king emperor of Brazil. 
and declare the independence. And you were you were a direct heir, right, to Brazil? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we can think something up. I can up. try, you know. We can make some yeah, documents. Can Somebody probably, can make a passport. Probably. They can make you king of Brazil. <laughs> yeah. I can try. I can try. Um, and then one thing that we uh, left out was that Portugal was the mainstay of the international or the intercontinental slave trade that mm -hmm. depopulated Africa from something around 10, 20 million people. And funny enough, we weren't that much of assholes as we were in the, in the Indian Ocean. Most of the trade was made through um, intermediates, uh, several kingdoms in Africa that would sell us the, the slaves. And yeah, it was very would... destabilizing. I've been reading um, yeah. Black Jacobins by CLR James. Highly recommend it. Um, I'm almost done with it at this point. And he kind of talks about like the, the impact of the slave trade on like uh, uh, like West African societies and like the the import of like new weapons and Europeans like choosing winners and losers in various wars. Like I don't know, prior to the uh, the gifts of guns and steel and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, wars were much smaller scale at the time. It was similar-ish to the Indian Ocean's kind of like equilibrium. Um, but after, you know, 50, 60 years of that, it became a very predatory environment. If you did not participate in slave trading, you and your, you know, ethnic group or family would most likely become slaves and it kind of, it kind of uh, created some very disturbing economic incentives. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you depopulate the area uh, and only leave the, the old, the very old and the very young. So yeah. lots of knowledge that is lost. Yeah. But that, that yeah. was it. And well, that that's something that we 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 left out and well it, it was just so much to to deal with that we kind of forgot. Yeah. Or I forgot. No. <laughs> yeah. I try to keep things light here, but yeah, no, the Portuguese are fucking crazy and evil what yeah. they've done to the world as well. Uh, not good. Though, you know, of course the British. Um, yeah, you know, yes, the British were always, yeah. You see two fish fighting, an Englishman was there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Putting one against the other. Yeah. No, he's, he's trying to take away your cookie. Um, yeah. So, World War II. Portugal mm -hmm. is um, neutral, uh, but uh, there is one thing that is quite interesting. Do you remember in the other episode I talked to you, I talked to you about Cascais, the place where the British settled their colony, kind of? Yeah, the... Yeah, Legation City. There's a, a, yeah, there's a city uh, five kilometers to the east, uh, Stril, that became famous because it had a casino during the, the dictatorship. And it becomes the spy center for all of Europe. Okay, everybody that, mm. all the Germans, the Italians, the French, the English, they are all there with their own spies. And the Portuguese are also with their own spies. And everybody is oh. spying on each other. And everybody knows that the other guy is a spy. But things are kept to a minimum. Okay? So there's no, there's not much violence. You cannot interfere too much uh, with the, the local populace. But this will create networks that will affect uh, our history slightly onwards. Wow. Yeah. Venetian but, Masonic orders? Uh, no, like stay behind network yeah. from the Nazis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, we'll get wow. that. <laughs> we'll get that. Um, so, this ends Portugal as uh, doing the potato fam famine on, it, on ourselves. 
we have lots, or the government has lots of money. People don't have that much money. Um, there's one very common history in everybody's grandpas uh, in my generation that is uh, people having a, a sardine by tree. Okay, you know, you know the sardine. It's a very small fish, mm -hmm. and people would divide it for a meal for three or four people because there wasn't. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That those stories are from the late 30s, early 40s, um, and then the government starts to invest and it starts to invest. It creates more financial institutions, insurances in the colonies to attract people to go there. Mm -hmm. And in, in mainland Portugal, the African colonies, correct? Like yeah. They lost Brazil colonies. and everything at this point. Well, they still control Angola. a little bit of India. Yes. Three oh, cities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go the um, mm -hmm. at least that's how we say it. Um, the, the, most of the investment goes to Angola. In the 50s, uh, they will discover oil, so the investment will start going through that direction and to Mozambique. Cape Verde, um, St. Thomas, those don't get that much money. East Timor, that we still own, that used to be a prison that's like far gone place. Nobody I did not cares. know you guys owned East Timor. Wow. Yeah, we did. It was, it was a really tough uh, really tough prison for the most dangerous anarchists. They were sent there. And if oh. they survived, they would integrate the local government because they could read and write. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a really weird history, but, but it happened. It happened with people that were allegedly or they were suspected of being like the, the leaders in the, in, the, in the armed struggle groups. Mm -hmm. um, so there's all this money pouring, and in Portugal, we start having more industry. Industry, again, it will be placed in Lisboa, the capital, and in Porto. Okay, this will have um, lots of investments, lots of factories. Um, in Lisboa, and in both cities, there will be a great influx of migrants. Uh, in Porto, people will stay in Porto as these this older parts where you had you used to have one house, one big house for somebody, and they mm -hmm. had like a, a lawn, okay? And in that lawn, the owner would build several small houses, and this would become a neighborhood called an island. And all the migrants coming from the, the, the well, the, the, the fields and, yeah, yeah, from the interior, would start living there in like, I don't know, 20 meters, 20 square meters houses in Lisbon. Uh, Things are different, and people start building uh, shanky towns all around. There's a, a perfect 360 um, circle around the city. Uh, it's all um, uh, shanky towns, They're like favelas, you know. Like uh, wow. it's yeah, it is really, really horrifying because people. That's you're living. early. You're a little bit early yeah. on that. Uh, and we do the same because there are lots of Portuguese that will migrate to France and the bidonville, uh, how they are called around Paris, uh, mm -hmm. the slums. It's mostly Portuguese. Interesting. Because, yeah, that's what they do. So uh, we have all this and um, our dictatorship, Salazar, it doesn't like big waves. It doesn't like crowds. It doesn't like that much. Uh, he's got anxiety. Yeah, he's got social anxiety. The poor yeah. dude. It's okay. You know, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. He has this one speech that I that I I listen to and it's quite interesting. Not because he's interesting, because 
as I told you, the guy's annoying. <laughs> but he says one thing to to the to the main uh, owners, uh, the the people that own the money and and the, the industries in Portugal that people need. Basically, it states that people need a job. Okay, he says he says literally uh, every Portuguese in its place. Okay, you cannot. There's no social mobility, but for each Portuguese man, there must be a place. This mm -hmm. is his textual word. These are his textual words. So people need a job because he doesn't want the unions and all the, the anarchists coming back again. This time it won't be the anarchists, it's the communists. They will come, but they will be much less violent. But this is like the 1940s where we're at right now. 1950s. Okay. Okay. 1950s. So okay. Okay. Um, there will be two great um, projects. The um, the Ironworks and Kuf, which is a chemical industrial project not oh. far from where I live in Barreiro. I'm assuming um, Portugal benefited greatly from not having its industrial capacity destroyed by World War II. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We didn't have that much of an industrial capacity, but we had some. I'm assuming uh, a lot but, moved there during the war, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For you to have an idea, the the city where I live, Almada. Um, it was famous for having naval construction and naval repair. Uh, the naval construction, the three main companies are British. Oh. Were British. They resold and relocated to, to, I don't know, India, Pakistan, somewhere <laughs> in the 90s. But they were uh, British. Only the the, the repair, uh, which was called Lijnav, was Portuguese. So we're always in this weird kind of dependence of the British. And Salazar reverts all the gains from the Republicans because he's very pro-Anglo and he wants to do peace with the British. So he's always willing to, to appease the British. There are very few instances where he opposes them and it will be in Africa. So by the late 50s, early 60s, the movements for independence start operating and start uh, arising in, around the world. Uh, Portugal decides that, or they understand that it will happen to them, and they decide that they need to start investing. So, for instance, in the late 50s, the Portuguese army starts planting um, radio uh, towers in Angola to cover the whole territory. Because only a fraction of the territory, like the northeast, no, northwest corner where Luanda is, was covered. Mm -hmm. The rest, like a huge country. <laughs> and you have like one tent that has radio covered. Okay, this, there are no roads, uh, or there are few roads. That, there are uh, like two or three rail lines, really big ones. Um, but that's it, and they will start uh, investing. Another thing that for me shocked me was that here in in Portugal, the political police was, well, they were everywhere. They had informants mm -hmm. everywhere. Lots of agents, them, the Legion. In Angola and Mozambique, there are 10 guys. Oh. <laughs> in 1960, yeah. For a population. That's classic. Of... That's classic. The colonials won't rise care. up. I'm concerned about this guy who's asking for one more euro a month. Exactly. That guy. That guy's going to tip this whole thing over. Yeah. And then there's the war. <laughs> so just on a fun side note, and because it will allow me to introduce one of the main characters here, he's a general. Uh, General Costa Gomes is one of the main architects for me. This is my personal belief. 
<laughs> I'm still gathering facts to support it, this theory. Okay. But I think the guy is one of the main, uh, one of the main architects of the Portuguese political uh, regime that we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's stationed in the 50s. Uh, he's stationed in the in Macau, and <laughs> the group is an officer. And the group that is at, they receive a t- uh, fax saying, "Please elaborate a plan to fight and win against Mao's China." Okay. Okay. That's like, good. I can only imagine them like uh, <laughs> come again. <laughs> you know, they're the Republic they of reply. Taiwanese Portugal. Portugal's Taiwan. Yes. Okay. Portugal Taiwan. The, their reply after not that much time. It's like a week or two after. The, it's not that much time. They reply like, "Well, we cannot do it. We, there's no way we are going to win. The only way is the hearts and mind strategy. We have to uh, turn the." Chinese population in Macau on our side and that they don't want to rebel. Has and Portugal ever succeeded with a hearts and minds strategy? Had that ever worked before? Pastor Gomes always almost makes it work. Okay. <laughs> almost makes it work First in, time. in Angola. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. Um but he almost does it and uh, uh, and in Macau it works because the population never rebelled. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of worked. Um, in 1960, the Minister of Defense, Butel Muniz, along with Costa Gomes, uh, another guy that will show up a little bit later, uh, Colza da Riaga, and several uh, officers, they will try to make a coup to overthrow Salazar because they understand that the political situation of Portugal internationally, particularly the idea of the, of the empire and the colonies, is not sustainable. So they want to overthrow them overthrow him, not the regime, exactly, mm-hmm. and put somebody with a bit more clarity in power. Um, That's so funny. Cool. The first Portuguese to learn manners <laughs> ended up throwing, overthrowing the government. They're like, holy yes. shit. I'm imagining, <laughs> if any uh, Disney fans from your youth remember the Princess Bride, I'm imagining a training sequence where they're balancing a book on their head, they're learning to say please and thank you, uh, you know, like running up the steps to go give somebody their dropped wallet. You know, I, yeah. I'm proud of them. They learned. That's huge, yes, man. Yes, That's huge. Yes. It was a thousand years, not a single manner, not a single please, but <laughs> they we finally thought, did it. Well, probably we should <laughs> go for another strategy. Problem. Cools of the Riaga. <laughs> and a few other officers decides that the, their best option is to rat on everyone and try to get a promotion. <laughs> so they rat on everyone. <laughs> ah, the, the English, uh, the, um, the ambassador, uh, something Erickson, um, was on, well, there's no certainty, but the guy had like, I don't know, uh, five or six lunches with Butelmanis before the, the coup. Mm-hmm. And quite likely he told them of this plan. You know, and he gave him the green light or the go ahead, or at least, well, we won't interfere. Uh, and when the outcome uh, <laughs> arrives, we will then show up and give you support. Something along these lines. Interesting. And this is the, they're ta- you're talking about the big coup here, like 1976? 1960. 1960. This is the first attempt by the uh, military okay. to overthrow. So it fails. Uh, they are all arrested. But they are military, and the military is one of the pillars of the Estado Novo Regime, of the dictatorship. So Salazar mm-hmm. cannot just kill them or arrest them. So they either are forced to resign and go to an early retirement, like Putelinis, the, the Minister of Defense, 
Costa Gomes get sent to Beja, uh, which is a in very interior city, very depopulated, particularly at the time uh, in the south of Portugal, mm-hmm. and which is basically a, a really shitty <laughs> deployment. You know, yeah, yeah, you're getting there, you're stuck there, you will never leave there. You're a captain for life. Your problem, you're screwed. Um, and Kauza will not get the the promotion that he he earns at this point, but he will later get it. But they were right; they were absolutely right, and they see the problem because the problem is still the same since the fourteen uh, since the fifteenth century, which is Portugal is overstretched. Portugal doesn't have population enough to hold the territory. Mm-hmm. So if there are re- If there is one rebellion, it will be tough. If there are multiple rebellions, we have no way to maintain a war against um, an insurgency, plural. Mm -hmm. And this is what happens. This is exactly what happens. Because they were seeing the signs. There were increased uh, strikes, uh, rebellions. Uh, Some strikes were really brutally repressed. Really, really brutally. (laughs) Really grim stuff. Um... And this only angers uh, the, the African parties even more because they want to be independent. They are trying to do things in a non-violent way. And the reply is like all guys that are caught by the police are brutally tortured and murdered. Um, yeah, so they start thinking, well, we should do something else. And funny enough, they get support <laughs> from at first um, or at least some support not only from Morocco, Algeria, uh, Cuba will come uh, also early, um, but they will find some some help with the um, with the priesthoods from Sweden, Switzerland um, that have um, monks and priests in the colonies, and they decide that they well they are particularly the Swedes are really like uh, this has gone way far too much. I'm very, honestly, I love the Swedes from the mid-20th century. They were doing fantastic. (laughs) Like, they were so cool that Israel just kept killing them. (laughs) You know? Yeah, they Uh, were. were. uh, Yeah, and just fantastic diplomats. Like, very important in the decolonial... I think it all went to shit when they killed Olaf Palm. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we have an episode on that with uh, yeah, Gunner. Yeah, I, I have to uh, listen to, to... I've listened to Gunner several times about that, but I have to listen to a full episode. Don't worry, to... this one's better, because I'm like, where is Sweden? What do they speak? It starts off, you get a whole history of Sweden. I, was, I had no idea. Yeah. It's very cold. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, huh. Yeah. What a warm people in such a cold world. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so at this time, right, like the the decolonial movements are like coming up. The U.S. and kind of the U.N. have been established. The the U.S. is saying, Europeans, take care of your colonial possessions. Do something with them. We're not going to pay for this. you got to figure it out. All the European powers say no, basically. They're like, we want you to kill everybody or at least pay for our mercenaries. Um, But Portugal is kind of an odd case in the like post-war era. They're not making any indication of no, no, giving no, up no, their no. colonies. They're, they, they, they're they, very they have, unique. They have no idea of leaving the, the empire, and, and Salazar is quite adamant. That's why they tried the military tried to whoop him, because they saw that the establishment of the Stade Nouveau was really, really keen on, we're an empire, we are a multi-continental country, we don't care. We don't care if we get isolated, we will do our thing. 
Um, and it's weird because it, it would just, it would, no, it did. It, it put us uh, uh, in a very problematic diplomatic situation. Uh, it, we got the cold shower from everybody who's anybody from the US uh, and, the, and its allies. And the situation will only deteriorate as time goes by. Because well, the US was the, fairly supportive through more the US was supporting The US was financing and supporting one of the guerrilla movements in Mozambique and Frelimo in... Uh, no, Frelimo in Mozambique, sorry, and UPA mm -hmm. in Angola. They, they were helping them. They were assisting them, okay? And Frelimo for like the first two or three years, they are supported by the US. Then they start saying, well, these guys are turning a bit too communist for our liking, you know? Yeah. Um, and but, these groups but, were supported as a countermeasure to other groups, correct? Kind of. Um, yeah. So, to start from where it starts. Mm -hmm. 1960, Northern Angola, the Bakongu people finds... Um, a party that represents them and want to go to the armed struggle, UPA, UPA. They decide that they will um, take up arms. They don't have many firearms, so their first attack is quite brutal. Well, there's a first attack in February in Luanda, but it's just trying to take people out of, of um, uh, a jailhouse, and mm. they all get... They didn't all get killed, but the, the attack gets repelled, lots of casualties, they have to run away, they cannot do anything it's just that's very classic for the time your first yeah. attacks always end up against like police establishments and you know yeah. you want to get some easier. people out and it gets you some firearms some, you know? some firearms yeah it's easier than attacking a, a, an army uh, group so the Congo uh, decide that they will rebel uh, against the Portuguese and what they see as caps because they had a pre in the it was in 59 or 58 they had this huge strike and the Portuguese not only beat up and tortured the strike, the strikees, strikers, strikers, mm -hmm. strikers. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, as they imported people from South Angola to do their job, uh, picking cotton or coffee or boats, one of those things. Mm -hmm. um, so they are doing this all over again in '60, and the Bakongo are really pissed off with if with this. These guys are from another ethnic group of Ibundu, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. um, and. They want to settle scores. So they do uh, this kind of machete attack in all northern Angola, like at 1,000, 10,000 square kilometers area. It's, it's wow. huge. Wow. And Portugal loses control of it like for a month. Okay. The first, the first army column that is sent takes like one week to make seven kilometers um, in, in a place called uh, Villa Salazar, uh, Salazar Village, something like okay. that. Okay, traditional Angolan name, I believe. Yeah, they yeah. are always ambushed, and now UPA has some firearms because they acquired them from from the first attacks with the with the machetes and the the arrows and and spears, mm -hmm. which of course were brutal. They dismembered people in the street. Okay, this this will be a huge part of uh, Portuguese political uh, publicity against these groups. Is that this first group, this first attack is brutal. Um, and the Portuguese decide that they will uh, try to go against it, as they always did. They sent one army company, and that will settle it. It doesn't. Okay. Of course it doesn't. They get stuck uh, somewhere in the middle of it, uh, and they cannot do much. They have to be evacuated by, um, by, by airplane. Transports and food has to be transported by airplane to there. They, they establish 
like a small area within all this where they can fight and where they can um, attack UPA. But they cannot leave that area. It will take a few months before Portugal sends one entire army corps to mm -hmm. um, attack them. And it will take around six months, if I'm not mistaken. About how many troops Upa. is that? Like the, mm -hmm. the first group, is that like 2,000 men or like... Around 1,000 to 2,000, yes, something okay, like that. And then the army group is... The army group is like six to eight, if I'm not mistaken. Ten okay. at most. Ten thousand at most. Um, and this time, well, they have artillery, they have the paratroopers, they, they have the thing. The, the, meanwhile, the, the settlers, the colonial settlers, are starting to um, create militias to, to fight. Okay, And these people, some of them are, are military, militarily trained. And some of them, well, they just know how to shoot and to hunt, but they will do. And they will be uh, placed in militias uh, that will fight alongside the army for the entirety of the war. Uh, later in 60, uh, the National Indian Army decides that they are fed up with the Portuguese. They are fed up with trying to negotiate their, their exit. So they they storm the three cities at oh, most to fight last. For, yeah, yeah, so yeah, Portugal has controlled hours. like three cities, like, or yeah. like three entire, like, metropolitan areas in India, uh, mm -hmm. like Goa and um, uh, the one in the south, I forget. Um, yeah, and so... I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I know the, the, their three names, I don't know exactly. Yeah, um, but either way, the Portuguese say, you guys are going to fight to the death, and of course the Portuguese yep. do, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the Portuguese, they are um, National Guard. They are the, from the Republican National Guard and a few army. Mm -hmm. uh, although the National Guard is, uh, is works as, both as police and uh, a military group, they just don't have any heavy equipment. So they have a few uh, um, uh, rifles, and that's basically it. So they fire a few shots just to make a case. <laughs> you know, hey, yeah. we're here. Um and they deliver themselves to the to the Indians. This render, which is yeah, the quite Indians brought like a battleship a and a bunch problem. of aircraft too. Like yes. they were not they were not going to win this fight. Tank. They should have died with there honor, is... in my opinion. But <laughs> there is one instance where they tried to do it. I think it's in in Goa. Um, there are two main buildings where there are groups like 20, 30 guys that decide, no, 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 we are going to uh, fulfill the orders from from Portugal. We are going to barricade ourselves. We are going to fight. Like Stalingrad, Pedro's yeah, house. Yeah, like kind of Stalingrad in two buildings. One is the uh, the administrative administrative building. The other is a, an old fort mm -hmm. called Fort da Guada. Um, funny story. <laughs> in between these two buildings, although they are official buildings and they have troops stationed in it, police, you know, mm -hmm. uh, there are no communications in between the buildings. Okay? So the guys in the administrative building just call the Indians and say, okay, we give up. We just fire our rounds. We have no more ammunition. Oh you guys God. are still there. We like wounded four or five of you guys. Uh, nothing is going to happen. So we surrender. No worries. The guys in Fort Daguada have no idea that this is going on. So the Indians just go like uh, a lieutenant and a few um, lower rank officers and a few soldiers just start going uh, to the administrative building except the surrender. Because in Fort Dagua, they have no idea, so they see, woo, Indians! Let's kill them! Oh my God. Yeah, and it's like 20 victims, 20, 20 killed, because 
they have no idea that the other garrison had surrendered. Okay, and the Indians assault them, of course, with tanks and artillery, and it doesn't go well for them, okay? <laughs> but this is lost. The Indians had a very good idea that the Portuguese had no reinforcements. There is one guy in Mozambique, a businessman that is private with Nehru. I would love to know the name. I have here the book behind me, but I have no idea in what page it is. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the guy will report everything to Nehru and say that there are like 3,000 troops in Port Portuguese troops in Mozambique and there is no way that they are going to send reinforcements. There is no boat to send reinforcements. So they act. Um, Pete will find him and he will, <clears throat> he will have a... He will be stolen. He won't be <laughs> killed, okay? Mm -hmm. But one guy from Pith, a guy named Jorge Jardim, that I'm reading a book about it, he will basically steal everything that the guy has. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> and say, well, now you can have your family, okay? Bye-bye. <laughs> Go back to India. <laughs> All your businesses in Mozambique are mine now. All your houses are mine. Your lands are mine. Uh, it's it's quite quite funny. Traditional. Uh, Traditional, yeah, of course. Yeah. Really, really <laughs> traditional. Um, and this is the story. Portugal is like pissed off. There are demonstrations in the streets calling traitors to the guys in India that didn't fought off like 20,000 guys <laughs> with a yes. pair of rifles, you know. Um, but they will be uh, sent back to Portugal, although they are like demoted, they are laid off from the army, okay. Um, it's It's... There's a real um, blaming act. Do people still hate them? No, no. People have okay. no idea that this happened. Okay. Is it, uh, you'd yeah. have to be like a weird, like, internet like far-right guy to care. <laughs> yeah, a like weird guy internet like far-right guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, a far, or a far right, or either a far-right guy or a, a weirdo, a left-wing yeah. weirdo like me. Yes, yeah. Boom among us. Yeah. So, so they've lost yeah. India. And all they have left are their, uh, I guess they still have Macau. Yes, and, Macau, and the African possessions. Yeah, and the African possessions. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, uh, there's another group, a uh, Marxist group, that is named MPLA, that are Woo! that is still in yeah, that is still in power. In um, in Angola, they start fighting also in the northern lands. They start a civil war with UPA uh, from the early on, mostly due to um, territorial. Um, stuff like this is my corner this is not your corner you shouldn't be here they have the support of Lumumba okay this is another quite interesting and important aspect because Portugal mm -hmm. will participate in the assassination of Lumumba the assassination of Lumumba is taken by the French secret services and the Belgic Belgium secret services mm -hmm. okay yeah the Zaire uh, war is insane it's like the brutality they were dropping napalm just killing millions they had south african rhodesian mercenaries just doing the, the, the worst crimes imaginable um, the cubans sent che there uh from tanzania across the lake tanganyika one of the best places to get fish um yeah. but that's besides the point but um <laughs> it was this was one of like this was probably like the third cuban foreign intervention where they just yeah. didn't look anything up prior to sending che to die they're like, oh yeah, let's send our fucking like Secretary of State to go fight here. Where is yeah. it? We'll find <laughs> it. We only have one boat. We'll just keep sending that one boat back and forth. Yeah, back nobody and forth. will notice. <laughs> and nobody did notice until like 1978 that the one fucking boat the Cubans had was just transporting tanks and shit. Yeah. And, and there's there's so much. Like Che is stuck in Zaire with the Simbas. 
begging for radios for months. He just it yeah. takes so long to get any communication and yeah. like radios and shit. There are them. no radio. It's like yeah. Portugal. There are no radio towers. There are no roads. It's it's the same shit. It's exactly the same shit and the same problem. Yeah. Uh, so Lumumba. Uh, the CIA might or might not have some participation in his assassination. The CIA will back uh, Mobutu Sese Seko, one of the worst. Uh, Son of a bitch. Status. Yeah, the guy's awful. But the Portuguese will do a much worse thing. <laughs> okay. Keeping in tradition, okay? There is one um, region called Katanga. Ah, Katanga. Okay? These guys secede, and they are mostly um, former gendarmes, gendarmerie, and the police uh, for, from the, the Belgium colonial period. Not even worse, like Vichy officers and South That's Africans and Rhodesians. That's Just the I'm worst getting. fucking, like, Jesus Christ. God damn, anytime a civil war starts, make sure it's not fucking Katanga. Jesus Christ, people. Yep. If you read the news, a new uprising, make sure it's not a bunch of Rhodesians fucking wearing blackface exactly. in the jungle. It's fucking insane, this war. Jesus Christ. So, the Portuguese, what they decide to do? They decide, the, the Portuguese secret services and the French secret services are quite interconnected, mostly because after the Organisation Armée Secrète tried to kill the Gaulle, due to his uh, leaving Algeria to the Algerians, <laughs> they get they eradicate themselves in Portugal. Okay? All these former Vichy idiots, Nazis, from Germany, from Italy, from Croatia, whatever, mostly from Italy and, and France, like former SS, they all start fluctuating to Portugal. Okay? And they are settled in one thing called Aginter Press which is a news um, kind of thing, but it's just a cover. It's really a cover. They are established, if I'm not mistaken, in 66 in Lisbon, but they start operating in Portugal since like mid-50s, late-50s, uh, and then early-60s. There is one guy, that, that's how I got to this, uh, called Dante Vacchi, uh, former Italian that defects the, the, the Italian government and joins the the North uh, group that is under German control because he's an absolute Nazi. And he's the guy that is going to establish the Portuguese commandos. He's the first guy to train them. Huh. The official history, just <laughs> for the fun side of things, is a mm -hmm. reporter doing some reporting on um, traveling in Africa, <laughs> you know? Okay. And he just happens to know a few military people he had spent one year in the Foreign Legion in France. And so, since he's such a nice chap, they decide to give him over uh, a whole corps of specialized troops, highly specialized troops for him to train. Because he has, I don't know, blue eyes, something like that. The pen is mightier than the sword. If anything, exactly. he's even more dangerous, you know, being a blue, somebody like, told journalist. Me the, <laughs> somebody told me in the Radio Warner group that the guy doesn't have a single, a single piece a, a news piece, a, a written article, not one, but he's an accredited journalist, okay? Awesome. I wish <laughs> I, I should do that. <laughs> yes. That's a good gig. Why don't we go travel somewhere? That's like that uh, Spanish guy who didn't show up to work for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So all these influx of um, Nazis towards Congo uh, to help the Katangese, it's made via Portugal. Because the networks are here, the people are here, the money is here, and it gives France and Belgium a little bit of uh, wiggle room 
to let everybody pass and they can say, well, we had nothing to do with that, mm -hmm. you know? This was not our stuff. Um, and we will do that. We will then uh, evict when when the Katangis uh, rebellion is uh, defeated. These guys will come to fight for Portugal. They will be sent to um, fight in Cabinda also. Uh, uh, can we focus on Cabinda a bit? Could you tell the listeners yeah, about that? Cabinda is the backwater of, of, of Angola, kind of, like the south. Um, which is contested mostly... territory too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, between uh, the Congo, the the MPLA starts having a, a an implementation there. Like in sixty one, sixty two, they start having like good operations there. There aren't that many Portuguese soldiers, so they can move around quite um, easily. But the population isn't that keen on them because there's a sentiment or an idea of independence. Even UPA, it's they are not in the. They don't want to be independent from Angola, but they are kind of Congo nationalists because they are uh, ethnically Bakongo. They adhere to that idea of the Greater Congo, um, mm -hmm. because there are two Congos: the the former Belgium one, Congo Kinshasa, and Congo Brazzaville, the the former French. And Cabinda is like it's it's just uh, it's not the opposite. It 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 makes a land border with the, the former French Congo. Okay, and this guy is a yeah. huge friend of Salazar. He's also a, a priest. He's sponsored by the Portuguese, this right-wing nutjob dictator. Um, it's also where, like, the majority of the profits from Angola come from due to the oil, right? Like the offshore. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's where the oil is. Yeah. So the MPLA starts having a, a, a footing there and a good kind of uh, operation basis. So the Portuguese will um, take advantage of that between those, the Katangis, and there's a, a split inside UPA, a guy calls Moise Chombe. Um, Chombe! The bastard! <laughs> God damn him! The snake! Uh, no, Moise, sorry, sorry. Moise Chombe is the president of Congo... Or Congo... Uh, Congo Brazzaville. God, um, that guy sucked. He literally was like, not a single black person will fight in my army. Only yeah. get me the most racist white men you can find. I don't trust anybody from Africa. And I guess want a guy, who I want a fucking them. cockney monster. <laughs> and guess who provides them? Ashitar Press. Awesome. <laughs> At least they are one of the, the intervenients. Yeah, foreign uh, correspondents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Alexandre Tati. That's that's the name of the guy, sorry. Mm -hmm. um, he tries to overthrow um, Upa's president. And uh, he fails, and the Portuguese come at him with a um, with a proposal: we will help you, we will finance you, we will uh, give you weapons if you fight for us in Cabinda. So he creates FLEC, Frente Libertação do Enclave Cabinda, the Liberation Front for the Cabinda Enclave, uh, and that's what he does. Uh, he fights against the MPLI. Okay, he will FLEC will I don't know. Once every two or three months, they will kill a Portuguese guy <laughs> that got lost in patrol, you know. But their role is to fight uh, the MPLA. They just have to keep appearances. Mm -hmm. um, Portugal Are the Cubans that there yet? The Cubans arrive in 61, 62, somewhere okay. around that. Uh, they, che Guevara will be in all the theaters in 64. So in 63 starts, let me just confirm if I don't say anything wrong. Uh, the dates, the dates, the dates. Yeah, in '63 uh, the war starts in Guinea-Bissau. In '64 it's in Mozambique also. And um, Che Guevara, literally him, uh, goes through all the fields of operation. 
in Angola is very well received. There is a faction that adheres to the guy like the Cubans are our best friends. There's a part they will have a splinter um, in between the most pro-Soviet and the most pro-Cubans. Uh, I don't know much about that part because mostly it happens after their independence war, so I didn't get there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, in Frelimo, in Mozambique, he rubs off with Mundlan. I don't know what happened, but they just don't get along. They're like, yeah, yeah, you can send us support, but that's it. Most of support for Frelimo will come from the Chinese, not even the, the Soviets. It's mostly the Chinese that support Frelimo for a long time, for most of the war. Uh, although there are, of course, Soviet instructors, Soviet nurses and all that. Mm-hmm. All that. That's yeah, I think the Soviets send us the like, artillery and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we'll yeah. eliminate artillery they got. And the rockets and all. In Guinea, it's funny because um, Guinea has like the perfect um, guerrilla ground. It's mostly jungle and swamps. And it's also a very small country. I was surprised. It's one of those little like West African countries that kind of just juts out from the. Um, it's not the Horn, like the Gold Coast or the Ivory Coast. Yeah. I think is what you call it. Yeah. So Senegal and uh, slightly to the left <laughs> to Conakry. Yeah. There are like six roads six main roads in the interior. Uh, I remember watching it in a, in a museum in Portugal. In Portugal. Sorry, in Lisbon. <laughs> I'm in Portugal. <laughs> um, and there are like, I, I tried to count them like really quick in a map and it was like six, eight at most. Uh, so it's bushland. So the Portuguese, the Portuguese don't stand a chance from day one. Yeah, Che did <laughs> very well I don't care well what there. the Portuguese generals say. It's just, it's, it's utter nonsense. Um, the thing is, with with the Guinea, in Guinea, the, um, Che Guevara makes friends. They they send weapons. They will then. I think it's in '65. There's a, a huge conference, '65 or '66. There's a huge conference in La Havana, with all the guerrilla movements from Africa, and everybody is asking uh, the the Cubans, well, send us instructors, send us uh, weapons, send us ammunition. What you need to make a war. <laughs> the people from mm-hmm. Guinea are like, well, we're fine with that. Don't worry. What we need is doctors, nurses. Uh, we need electricians. We need people that know how to set a radio, a radio tower. We have none. Because in Africa, of all the Portuguese possessions, there are like 3,000 white people in Guinea-Bissau at the start of the war. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the backwater of the backwater empire. Okay, we don't care. We really don't care about it. And PAIGC, uh, the, the, the group that will take uh, the front of the, um, of the independence fight, they will settle themselves in the jungles and in the swamps, and the Portuguese cannot do anything about it. We will try. That. There's one thing that's called Operation Trident. It's uh, very early in the war. And, uh, it's, I think it's in 64, late in 64, where the Portuguese um, disembark in... Um, uh, uh, let me try to check it here in the map. Well, give me one quick second. No so Como, Como Island. Uh, and the, the Portuguese will be like, yeah, we won because after like one month of battles, fevers and diarrhea, <laughs> PAIGC uh, uh, is stuck in the inside of the, of the jungles and we have the shoreline and we can establish a naval base. And I'm like, so the same way like was in the start of the battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just with they, a naval base. <laughs> one thing that Good I found you. very interesting and kind of changed 
I don't know, it added some more depth to my understanding of like a war. Okay, like uh, just a quote from uh, the uh, conflicting missions. Um, the PAI uh, GC, uh, the uh, popular, the the revolutionary movements in uh, Guinea-Bissau uh, had no native doctors until 1968 when the first two qualified. There was only like three Cuban doctors, basically. Um, but with the addition of the Cuban doctors, um, troops would no longer just die if they got shot or had a minor injury. And it the, the understanding that they would not just immediately die at the first injury increased the combat effectiveness of the like troops like tenfold. Um, they could actually charge a position and not be certain of their death, regardless of what happened, whether they like won or lost or didn't get shot too bad. Um, it, it was a major force gorilla, multiplier. Yeah. The guerrillas are very careful with what they do. Most mm -hmm. of the times they will lay mines in the areas that they know where the Portuguese will come. There are so few roads that it's easy to anticipate where the Portuguese will, uh, will arrive. And they try to avoid any prolonged combat. Most of the fights are like five ten minutes if it goes after 10 minutes they are fucked and they know this they perfectly know this it's and it's all in all the three theaters um but that's it for instance upa and unita and angola uh will um at the first uh, at their first battles they will charge with chants. Uh, I don't know how to say it in their native languages but i know the translation and saying that uh, the white man's bullet is water the white man bullets can kill you. And that's it. They use charms and belief to go against the Portuguese army. In the case of UNITA, this represents going against uh, an actual military base. They suffer huge casualties. They don't take it. To give them slight credit, uh, their intelligence says that the, the Portuguese will be left like with a skeleton crew in that mm -hmm. place. That's the information that they have. There is supposed to be a rotation, but the rotation changes and it goes like um, a few hours later, like 10, 12 hours. So the soldiers are, are there. And when the other guys, uh, it's not the other guys are, that are arriving. It's another rotation that it's going to another base, but they hear the gunfire mm. and they decide to help. So they are screwed. They get shot, like they lose lots of people. There is a, a, a report from the, the secret services, uh, the Portuguese secret services from PID saying that in, I think it's in 69 or 70, half of the guys from UNITA have firearms and they are active since uh, 66, 67. They don't have firearms. They don't have doctors. They, they have their beliefs. It's what they have. It's like one of the, the, the UPA commanders says in an interview, what did you want me to tell to my troop? Go forward and die? I cannot tell them that. I have to say them, tell them something. So we come up with this idea. Why not uh, invoke traditional African medicine and belief and say that they won't get you hurt, you won't get killed, of course. Yeah, I know that was a, a common like battle cry in, during the uh, like 1906, 1907, like anti-German wars uh, in the South. Mm. Um, that might be where that comes from, but the, the... yeah. Namibia. Yes, yeah, the Namibian. Uh, okay. Also, where concentration camps were kind of developed. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, this is kind of the point where, like, UNITA kind of degrades politically, kind of becomes for sale, I believe. Yeah, they they, they will uh, they will be integrated in, in greater South Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, 
something like that. They they will be administered by um, by South Africa by in all means in effect. Um, so just coming back to 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 the Portuguese when so mm-hmm. the the war in Guinea it goes from bad to worse, and in '64 there's a new front opening in uh, Mozambique. Mozambique is like 2,000 kilometers long. Portugal has roads up to 1,000 kilometers to a city called Beira. The rest in the north. <laughs> Scarce population, scarce Portuguese mm-hmm. presence, so that's where it starts. But Mundlan is quite conservative in his in his war effort, uh, so he, he tries to keep everything in Cabo Delgado and Nyasa, the two northernmost provinces of Mozambique, mm-hmm. and he doesn't try to cross the Zambezi, although there's that will and and idea inside Frelim. And the Portuguese, one of they, they always try to do the same thing. Um, so they, it worked with UPA, send a massive Portuguese presence, a massive column, and drive them to the border. They tried to do it in the Como Island with Paijese. They failed, but they claimed that they succeeded. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you will tell them that they failed. <laughs> and they tried to do the same in Mozambique. And they tried mm-hmm. to do it uh, with um, a landing through Lake Nyasa, Lake, Ma- Lake Malawi. Uh, and this fails because this part, it's it's mountain roads. So all the roads are so packed with mines that there are people blowing off and losing limbs like every 10 steps, something oh like that. It's, it's really awful. Um, the pirate troopers are able to locate the, the Frelimo bases in, um, in Cabo Delgado, in the north of Cabo Delgado. Mm-hmm. Um, but... The, the Portuguese army column uh, doesn't it doesn't reach Moeda, if I'm not mistaken, the, the district capital. Because there are no again, there are few <laughs> roads. They are predictable. If you want to take trucks and everything, you know where they will come. So there are mine to exhaustion. So the Portuguese die. And the party troopers, although are able to locate and kind of attack and the outskirts of the bases, they have to retreat because they cannot stay there. They, they will run out of food, they will run out of ammunition, so they withdraw. Since the, the battles, it stays in these mountainous regions, like off from everybody, from civilized Mozambique, mm-hmm. Portuguese again will say, well, we won. And that's it. They didn't, but who cares? Um, and the situation will kind of maintain itself uh, first until um, 67, when the MPLA decides to open the Eastern Front, because in the meantime, uh, Tanzania got uh, Tanzania, no, sorry, Zambia got their independence, and Zambia is decided to put the Portuguese into a tight spot. <laughs> you know, uh, although the Portuguese are essential for them to uh, extract, not to extract, but to take the copper that they have to um, to the port, they are absolutely dependent on the Portuguese. Yeah, and just for the listeners, uh, Zambia is directly between Mozambique and Angola. It it that that is the bridge that connects East and West Africa, basically. Exactly. Uh, Malawi decides to go more or less full Portuguese. They they will give some cover to Frelim. They will allow them to pass. Not that many troops, not that much heavy equipment, but they will uh, enable the the opening of um, uh, as a very small front in Tet, which is the westernmost. Um, um, province, it's T-E-T, um, which will become crucial, but we'll get there. Um, 
and the Portuguese basically run Malawi. They they set up one of their banks, they set up their navy, the presidential guard uh, is made by Portuguese and created by this the guy that I told you, Jorge Jardim, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, like BFF of Ian Smith from Rhodesia. So, nice guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always just get the best guys to fight them. Yes, yes. You it's honestly like... surprising. Like, the, they get, like, the Rhodesians and the South Africans, basically the same guys from Portugal yeah. on, like, the 1300s. Like, just as fucking evil and violent. There's, like... These are like medieval monsters they just send to these wars. There's not a single bright spot. You don't hear any stories of like, oh, you know, he took pity on the people. He didn't shoot that guy that he had down. No, 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 no. no. They literally are robbing banks. They're (laughs) robbing banks. They're stealing everything, committing just atrocities just for fun. These guys are fucking blinged out. They're wearing every fucking piece of gold they can find. They're like fucking insane. It got so bad that like, I believe the South Africans were like, you have to stop buying our mercenaries. We need these people to fight, you know? And the mercenaries are former Angolan fighters. <laughs> yeah. And former Portuguese. Um, their connection with the Portuguese secret services with the um, Rhodesians and the South Africans, it's like huge. Um, but if you read their books, the books from Rhodesia and South Africa, it's like, ah, oh, there was these Portuguese guys that came up at the office occasionally. They were drunk. <laughs> they oh were short God. and drunk. You know, like really racist towards us. <laughs> and That's wild. <laughs> when they were like uh, <laughs> like two peas in a pie. <laughs> um, the same guy. Yeah, pro- what happened to Portuguese angle of friendship? You know? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so in 67, MPLA opens the Eastern Front and they take a huge swath of land. Um, the things in Guinea... Uh, in 69, there are fights in the southern shore of Bissau, the capital, uh, because Paisiese is nearing the capital. Um, and in Mozambique, things are more or less the same, but the Portuguese are starting to get fed up. So there's a trio of Wonder, Wunder Generals <laughs> instead of Wunderwaffen. Okay. <laughs> we send the Wonder Generals. Yeah, I did send... notice that reading. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this isn't working. This guy got a new plan. It's basically (laughs) the same plan, but more violent. (laughs) And he has less money now. (laughs) So So we first sent Spinola to Bissau. Uh, We sent Costa Gomes, the guy that tried to coup Salazar to Angola, and uh, Causa the Riaga to Mozambique. To put in pictures, Spinola, just look him up, please. (laughs) It's S-P-I-N-O-L-A. Antonio Spinola. Antonio, <laughs> you will read it as Antonio Spindler. The guy is oh a monocle. Oh my god. He's a bloated peacock. He, he looks, looks like the king of England. <laughs> he looks he's, just like him. Listen, look this to... up. Antonio Spinola. <laughs> just he, oh my god, to... he has the most fucked up sideburns I've ever seen. It's like <laughs> they're like he's... mutton chops, but they stop right under his eyeball. Yeah. He, he oh my god. He's like really vain. Very full of himself. For you yeah, to he's have won idea. 35 medals. He thinks he's fucking Zuko. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's a guy uh, that works in PID. Um, I, I read an interview. There's a book on him uh, called Fergus Wallace. The guy seems really, although he's an awful character because he worked for the <laughs> political police, the guy seems really, really competent. And he's interviewed by a left-wing historian, so she didn't try to make him look competent. But the guy seems that he was really competent. 
is assigned to um, to be Sal, to be the mm. head of the the police. <laughs> Of the secret police in Bissau, and he arrives, he meets Pinla because he's the, the commander of the theater of operations, and he, well, what are my directives? What are the orders? What is the plan? And Spinla just gives him his own personal notebook, not a notebook, a book that he wrote <laughs> called Portugal okay. in the Future. Hell yeah, I bet sci-fi. It signed. <laughs> we know it. George Show. It's hard to sell a copy, you know? You got to, like, make your students buy the book. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I can just imagine the guy like, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) You know, this is the plan? Your book? Your biography? Yeah, 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 nice. This is going to be fun, fun, fun. (laughs) But the guy succeeds in driving Pais a bit back because he starts uh, having this... um, He uses the the bridge that we have with uh, Senegal. Mm-hmm. And he starts gathering more support from Senegal to cut um, cut the 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 PAIGC funding and training. Uh, Fragos Wallace is quite efficient in understanding that the Fula, which is an interior people, are the basis of the Portuguese power there. So he decides to make some administrative administrative changes because they need to to move around Senegal and Bissau. They're traders. And they have hurt, and they have lots of hurts, and this is their life, life, um, lifeline. That that that's their business, transporting goods to and from uh, Senegal. So it makes it really easy for them to get the papers and licenses to do that. And they decide that well, the Portuguese are really taking care of us, you know, because Spinless plan is something like giving um, aguardente, booze, a very strong uh, liquor. Kind oh. of a vodka, okay, that we have. It's really good. Okay. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, <laughs> but I'm Portuguese. So, but it's fire water. That, that's how you, you say it in English. Mm-hmm. It's giving fire water, cigars to the men, and nice clothing to the women. This is the plan, you know. It's like it's like we're in the, in the 1500s again. Now we'll buy the Africans with these stupid trinkets. Yeah, that's been the plan in in part because there's another part that is is set uh, is set a few campaign hospitals for the African populations with nurses, vaccination, all that stuff, and the people that are under Portuguese control are more uh, they're just trying to get with their life. Mm-hmm. What year are we in? Uh, sixty nine seventy. Okay, great. I have some okay. quotes from sixty nine. Um, one, Sweden comes in clutch once again. Sweden had sent economic aid as early as October 1969. Uh, Emil Cabral, the uh, the head of the uh, PAIGC, yeah, yeah, really remarkable leader. Um, Sweden is giving us more aid than a number of socialist countries put together. He told the GDR uh, in 1973, uh, a couple of years later, Norway, Denmark, and the Netherlands followed suit. But the Soviet bloc provided like the uh, majority of the large arms uh, and the Cubans were there and they were. um, What I find very interesting about the Cuban involvement in these wars is that it was essentially secret until the 90s. They were state secrets. They it's very remarkable. You know, they would never admit that they played really any sort of decisive role. They which I find very remarkable. I think it's in 65 or 66. There's a, a Portuguese ambush um, by the Marines, by the Portuguese Marines to a column of PAIGC. They are able to capture a Cuban, uh, Pedro something. Um, and they are like, 
parading it in the UN. See, 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 it's the Cubans. It's not, <laughs> it's not the Guineans. The the people from Bissau love the Portuguese. They are Portuguese. They want to be Portuguese. It's the evil communist Cubans that are uh, infecting their minds. It's a huge propaganda uh, win for Portugal. But it's that one guy that they are. Yeah, but I also with. I think that might have just been a bigger deal in Portugal. It seems like people immediately forgot about that and kept but went right yeah, back yeah, to people, the Cubans can't make it to Africa. What do you mean? You know? <laughs> and it's like you're the fascist dictatorship with an empire. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody likes you. Yeah, yeah Cuban imperialism. <laughs> uh, so, and he, he has this big plan to destroy the bases, the Portuguese. So, he, on, on the side of Senegal, he buys them off and he uses diplomacy to try to set them um, on our side. Mm-hmm. With Conakry. Conakry hates us. They, they hate our guts. Uh, so, they decide that they are going to attack uh, the leadership of PAIGC in an operation called Green Tide, Mare Verde. Um, it fucks up so badly. They attack Soviet uh, Soviet uh, airplanes and a boat. The Soviets are really pissed. They decided that, well, fuck you. Now we are going to really support PAIGC. We are going to give them heavy artillery, heavy rockets, and serious military instruction. Um, they don't... They aren't able to 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 kill uh, Amilcar. They will be later in '73. Uh, but they do fire a rocket at his house, uh, an RPG. Amilcar isn't there by chance, by a fortuitous chance. The the Portuguese secret police was quite efficient, although in Portugal they were really dumb. <laughs> but that will be uh, a subject for for another 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 day. Mm-hmm. They are really efficient and. Most of them, like the directors of PID say that, like about half of them can't read. About half of their agents. It's not just their their, their informants, it's their agents. You need a spy who can write notes. I don't know how do they make a report. How, how, I don't know. I don't know how don't... they run the operations. But the, they don't seem completely stupid. N- they are effective. Yeah, but they didn't know Che was there until forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh Yeah, efficient, not (laughs) you know. Uh, This completely blows up in the Portuguese face. So in '73, uh, although we kill Amilcar Cabral, they are taking Portuguese bases. With this, Senegal sees that they cannot be seen as negotiating with the Portuguese uh, with this uh, green tide stuff. So Mm -hmm. they cut off and they kill the the captains that were, um, or they allow Paisley say to kill the captains. Okay. that were um, negotiating with the Portuguese. So they kill the, the, the Portuguese that are negotiating with them and they start um, turning a blind eye to PAIGCA actions. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but in 71, the full region is taken like in a month without a, f- a shot fired. So somebody got paid and they switched sides to full, let's go full independent. Uh, Guinea-Bissau needs to be um, independent. Um, so this plan goes really sideways. In Mozambique, le crème de la crème of stupidity. <laughs> okay. Goals that's that's a high honor. There's been a yes. lot of it. That's good. Okay, let's see. Let me see. Goals of the Hiaga. The guy trained with the Americans in Vietnam. He was stationed uh, in a NATO commission like for two years in Vietnam learning and seeing what is going on. And his amazing conclusion, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his amazing conclusion is that to fight off a guerrilla war, you need to occupy land. <laughs> so, That's good. 1970, let's make a huge surprise <laughs> uh, operation called Guardian Knot um, to uh, take over the two mainland, the two main provinces of uh, Frelimo. Again, no roads, no airports, shit none. So it has all to be built. So well, the Portuguese, are, they know the land better. They can disappear into the earth, you know. Of course. They're, they're from there, basically. Portugal is the same exact place as Mozambique <laughs> in many ways. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming it worked out. And the guerrillas just tried to fight them in pitched battles. Exactly, in pitched battles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. No. <laughs> they are a bit in a disarray because um, Portugal is able, through the secret services and with the cooperation of the South Africans, to assassinate Mundland. But this will, this will backfire in, <laughs> in some serious, because we will have Samora Marcel. Samora Marcel is a whole different character. So the Guardian Note, uh, amid construction, an airport, 50 roads, <laughs> a railway, whatever, <laughs> military bases, they, the Portuguese start to understand that probably the surprise part, it's gone. <laughs> but maybe, just maybe. <laughs> Prelim starts moving, they start moving troops and weaponry and weapons to to safer bases in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. uh, although this political disarray and, and all this confusion. Um, and the Portuguese decide to go. They know where the five main bases of Prelim are in Cabo Delgado, so they decide to attack them uh, from the front. They are even able to capture like 1,000 to 3,000 Frelim fighters, Portuguese numbers. Huh. Um, but that's it. That, those are the guys that couldn't run and they can destroy uh, lots of ammunition. But that's the goal because Frelim, there is one first attack, one probing attack against base Beira, uh, mm -hmm. where Frelim tries their own tactic. So they don't attack the Portuguese, they let them in. And the, the, the base is surrounded by a mountain or two. So they set up mortars on top of the mountain. The Portuguese oh, yeah. arrive, blow the munition that they have to blow, capture a guy or two that got drunk and lost, something like that. And when they are retreating, they start bombing them. And That's classic. Yeah. It's of course. Wow, we, ca we captured the base. That was so easy. We're so <laughs> yeah, good. We won. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> And Ooh. then we do the same thing again, um, and uh, against all the bases. And Frelim does the same. They withdraw, they withdraw, they flee whenever they have to. If they have the space and time, they will set up a few mortars, a few RPGs. They will find fire them at the Portuguese, and they flee to Tanzania. Okay, most like they are fifteen thousand or twenty uh, fifteen thousand, if I'm not mistaken, thirteen to fifteen thousand. So they take, a, they take a beating. It's a problem to lose 1,000 to 3,000 uh, fighters. But mm -hmm. their main court is still intact, you know. And Samora Marshall, Samora decides that we're done with this. We're going to make the Portuguese believe that we are destroyed. And we are going to move all our operations to Tet, where the Portuguese are building a massive dam, a Bassa. Oh. And we are going to stop the construction. We don't want to destroy the dam because that will be important for us <laughs> after we yeah, are independent. Yeah, for when you're in charge of Mozambique. Yeah. Okay, but we can <laughs> do everything to delay um, the, the construction. Although they fail. The, the, by 74, the, the, the dam is already built. But the damage is big. Mm -hmm. 
after six months, they return to Cabo Delgado, six months more or less. They resume options. They come down the Zambeze because Samora is not taking that. Well, we're fine. We're here. We're in the mountains. The Portuguese can reach him. Mm-hmm. Things, if I have to drive to Maputo, I will drive to Maputo to make the Portuguese go away. So they reach Beira, around half the, the country. They don't take the city, but they are in the outskirts of the of the city of Beira. And basically, the country is cut in half by 74. In Angola and Caulza, <laughs> the brilliant plan of Caulza after all this failure is to make a second guardian knot, bigger, okay. <laughs> with more resources, with more troops that the central government says we don't have. You <laughs> spent them all. <laughs> Good. And it's too uh, the port, the problem with Portuguese army is that there are too many Africans and too many black people. We should have only whites. Yeah, <laughs> that's a huge plan. We don't have sufficient numbers without even with the black populations that are on our side. We don't have enough people without them. That they are slightly more than half of the army. What could we do? And this is where our buddy Henry Kissinger comes in, right? The Americans absolutely lose their minds. They're like, we have to fucking save Angola. If we lose this, the whole world is going to fall to communism. Um, They start shipping in weapons and the South Africans get in. Kind of, kind of. And it's true, the the other guy, um, the other general that I told you, Costa Gomes. Mm -hmm. He arrives in Angola in uh, late 69, early 70. He's able to push MPLA back to almost all the bases. He does one uh, really brilliant thing, that is to buy off Funita. Yes. Funita was was a, ri- a huge rival of MPLA. After 1970, they are literally a Portuguese proxy. And it's yes. due to this guy. He yeah. just decides to, well, we can kill you all if we want to, but there's another option. You can work for us and we will supply you. We will give you weapons, the usual. And they become MPLA. a South African proxy. They will become a South African proxy. Yeah. And Rhodesia. And the Chinese are also funding them at this point. One of the wonderful consequences of the (laughs) Sino-Soviet split. The Chinese, by this time, they are starting to realize that Tunita is a losing uh, horse. And they were, they were, it was their bet, you know, in 66 when they show up. It's it's our group. We don't need the Soviets to to help. But then they are very close to Kenneth Kaunda of Zambia. And mm-hmm. they decide that they have a better option to support Zambia and support Tanzania and continue supporting Frelin, although the Soviets are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Costa Gomes will set up the hearts and minds strategy. Real, in, in reality, he builds up, he builds hospitals, he builds clinics, he builds entire neighborhoods. And why does this work when it usually doesn't? Because... The Angola independence war, this is at least my understanding, is a civil war from the beginning. Everybody is fighting everybody. They are fighting the Portuguese, but they are fighting each other because these are different ethnic groups and they just hate each other. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's where the MPLA succeeded, where Union did not, um, yeah. as being like a multi-ethnic group. Yes, they And are. also uh, having the support of like the limited bourgeois and proletariat that had ended up in... Um, uh, mostly Luanda? around, yeah, mostly around Luanda the, the, that was created a few a few intellectuals. Upa just claims that the, their propaganda against MPLA is that they these are bourgeois, half <laughs> uh, Portuguese guys. They they aren't real Africans. They they speak Portuguese. Uh, they are married with white people because um, 
the, the leader of MPLA is married with a, a British woman, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. or an American. Um, and it's it's their thing. It's that they aren't really Africans. They aren't real uh, African nationalists and independence guys. Yeah, um, actually, communism is a European idea, and we should be <laughs> monsters. We should work yeah, exactly. for the Portuguese. That's that's real traditional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of works. It kind of works. until they move to the east. MPLA is a very limited group with very limited successes, uh, and always fighting more for their survival than to. Yeah, this was kind of the dark age. I understand yeah. that they were beaten back pretty hard in the early '60s, um, and by the late '60s, they were in kind of yeah. a bad spot. Yeah, they are there. So in '74, the Portuguese military are just fed up with the dictatorship because. Everybody's dying. There's there's a really good interview with one of the the cool heroes, Salgueiro Maia, mm -hmm. um, in the eighties when he's uh, dying with cancer. The poor guy. Um, and it just says it just blatantly says it. It says I entered the war being a Portuguese and a believer in the empire and a believe in a believer in the Estado Novo. And the left usually doesn't <laughs> just brushes off this part and doesn't talk, talk yeah. much about it. <laughs> yeah. because the guy is one of the heroes. That's what he says. I just I spent ten years watching my friends uh, getting blown up to pieces, losing their limbs, losing their legs, losing their balls, you know, losing their ability to have kids. Uh, people that I that are my friends, that are my comrades of weapons, just dying off in an unwinnable war. And it, for me, it translates the, the the sentiment within the armed forces. People are just fed up. And the three main generals from seventy onwards these three guys are more or less also in the same page. Although Kawulza thinks that uh, the Stad Novo is too soft. We need to be more far right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and more racist because we are not racist enough. That's a problem. Yeah, this seemed like it was the uh, revolutionary strategy was to outlast the Portuguese, basically. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. in Guinea. Like, yeah. they knew, like, we just have to outlast these people. We're yeah. doing them a favor anyway. We're going to take out their fascist dictatorship. You know, like, you see, <laughs> they're the real liberal force in Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> in several interviews, PGC claims or commanders, even Nino, the, the guy that will become the president, they said that we could have taken Bissau. Why would we? We don't need to take Bissau. We would have lots of casualties that we don't need. We would have to fight to the exhaustion of our uh, stockpiles of weapons that we don't need when we can control the whole country and keep the Portuguese in Bissau having their balls and dinners. Yeah, we're Che kept that. trying to tell them, like, dude, we can take it. Like, we can totally do it. And they were like, <laughs> yes. we don't need to. What's, we don't you need know, to. The, we're there's, no, there's no point. Yeah, that that's it. Uh, and in Angola, things are more or less, but are more or less controllable by Portugal. Mm -hmm. But it's because they are putting their main resources and their main people there. Uh, in Mozambique, it, it's just a shitstorm. It's it's kind of a controlled thing until they kill Mundlan. Mm -hmm. But then with Samora, <laughs> Samora is like, no. Yeah, that's the name people probably recognize. There's a reason. They kind of yeah. fucked up. And they know? murdered him like yeah. <laughs> a few years later, yeah. uh, just out of spite. Um, because the guy is really... Um, is re he understands Portuguese are overstretched. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough money. If we advance, they are fucked. And they were. Uh, so to be, <laughs> to, to reverse my idea of criticizing the, the Portuguese in, in a way, we should be thankful to all these people. 
to Agostinho Neto, to, to Milcar Cabral and to Samora Machel. Um, because these guys gave us our democracy. Yeah. It was an unintended consequence. I now will state this very firmly. It was an unintended consequence of the coup of the 25th of April. Everybody in Portugal will say, you're insane, you're stupid, you're not understanding. Because I'm going against the mythology. Mm -hmm. But the army makes a coup because they are tired of the war. And due to a few problems with the, the militians, that are getting promoted as if they were in the military. And the military is an institution in Portugal with centuries of tradition. So no way these colonizers... And they fucking writers, hated these people too. They're like fucking yeah. like Israelis or something. Like, sure, yeah. we'll give them weapons and everything. Well, yeah, sure, we love killing the Africans, but Jesus Christ, once you meet these people, motherfucker, God damn it, they, yeah. don't, they don't appreciate <laughs> anything we're doing. Uh, it's a it's a bit like that. I know a few um, retornados, um, so people that came from the um, from the former colonies. Uh, the ones that I call my friends are mostly left leaning. I know one of them that was, although white, was um, a supporter and a member of Frelim. Um, yeah, yeah. What a white man could do, you know, they they pay them, they gave them food, they gave them supplies, medical supplies, and things like that. They weren't used to. They didn't fight the Portuguese. The, the white uh, wouldn't fight for Frelim. Not, not even Frelim would like that. Um, but they support and they give them cover. Um, but most of our most reactionary right wings are from Retornados. They are all they are all right wing. They are all um, far right, or most of them are far most, but the most preeminent are far right. They are seriously resented, uh, even to this day, that they yeah, lost their possessions. So. You know, uh, the skinheads, the the original skinhead movement is made up by uh, the sons of uh, Retornados. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, they they are they are really really resented, and it's 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 a bigger problem because, as I told you, they had more knowledge, more education. Uh, so they set up, they get integrated in Portuguese society in higher upper levels, in management, journalists. They all, the, all of them that had journalism or that had journalism uh, degrees and stuff like that, they are all <laughs> set up in the, in the Portuguese newspapers, TV, uh, and they make propaganda for the far right. They, they are quite, they are not open, but they are, it's obvious. You know, yeah. Um, one of them, which is a complete idiot, uh, José Rodrigues dos Santos, is a dude that was in the front lines in Iraq, and the guy awesome. was filming. Yeah, the guy was filming in a in the lobby of an hotel in Saudi Arabia, but he was in the front line. I'm like, awesome. dude, I'm watching the fucking hotel on your back. You know, <laughs> he's like, you're Hell in yeah. the front lines, and I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, uh, the Battle of the Hotels in Iraq. Very famous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For the Odev. <laughs> you know, and the Croquette. <laughs> who yeah, the, the Marriott Militia. <laughs> yeah. So this um, is it. This is how the Empire falls. It falls from the inside, rotten to the core, <laughs> uh, being grasped by a few old farts that their only idea is to continue in power and starve the population. Uh, like 40% of our um, 
of our economy by 74 is directed to the war in a wow. poor country. Yeah. Wow. And we um, don't have... I know we're yeah, getting yeah. to our end here, but um, could you talk about the foreign support uh, for the Portuguese wars for a minute? Just like Sorry, the American involvement, the American involvement in the war, like the material sent and like the South Africans and stuff. Just like, what? how deep were these connections with the Portuguese um, like wars at the end? The Portuguese, in, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of big. Uh, when there's the revolution... Um, Carlucci and Kissinger have huge arguments about what to do. Carlucci fortunately wins because mm -hmm. uh, Kissinger wanted to bomb us. And they are deep interconnected with the Portuguese military. The Portuguese military is a NATO army. They will um, take over the, the role of Portugal in Angola because it's their main, um, their main focus. Mm -hmm. Sorry. And they will finance um, UNITA through the South Africans and directly. They will keep all the Portuguese networks to support UNITA and use them for their own benefit. Uh, the Portuguese secret services create uh, the military wing of RENAM. Um, it's made up by former Portuguese black Africans, uh, soldiers, yeah, the GEs and the GEPs, uh, a special group and paratrooper special group. It's grupos especiais, grupos especiais de paraquedistas, created by Jorge Jardim, uh, which is like the ruler of Mozambique. Oh. Yeah, he's the unofficial ruler. He's the guy that everything that he makes, he calls Salazar while Salazar is alive. He's alive to tell him and to get approval for the plans. He doesn't go through the, the governor, doesn't go through the military services. He has a direct phone call to Salazar, to his office. And he calls him, uh, like, every week, <laughs> according to his own description. Although wow. he's a bit full of himself. So the U.S. will continue this because in Mozambique, um, it's not so important. But Angola, it's, it's a huge country. It's a rich country. They have diamonds. They have oil. So it is important for the U.S. to keep... Um, and they border Namibia, which is like the South African protectorate yeah. at the time. All these guys from Agitator Press will be crucial to withdraw uh, the Portuguese and to take... Um, and to take the, the, the Portuguese military to Rhodesia, where they will fight. For instance, the Sam people, you know the Sam? Uh, uh, Bushmen. Mm -hmm. the, those, short, the, those short people that live in the, in the deserts of Namibia, mm -hmm. they also lived in, in South Angola. They are recruited by the Portuguese uh, secret police to work for them. And they are a paramilitary group called um, Flechas, Arrows. Oh. These guys will become integrated in the uh, <laughs> in the Rhodesian cellar scouts. So the most brutal guys of the most brutal uh, white uh, group in, in, in Africa. Um, mm -hmm. UPA and FNLA. FNLA is the, so UPA is more or less, um, is in a really tight spot in 61, 62. So they integrate several other parties and create FNLA, but mostly the same. Mm -hmm. These guys will be um, integrated in South Africa, especially Battalion uh, Buffalo Battalion, which is Battalion 32, which is like one brutal uh, paramilitary unit and military unit that um, uh, attacks uh, ANC. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They are all recruited to be the brutal of the brutal. <laughs> You know? Okay, yeah. So the U.S. kind of steps in. U.S. South yeah. Africa kind of step in with a much more heavy hand after the Portuguese collapse, and then after the Portuguese collapse, and through the through their main proxy, Mobutu um, Sese and then uh, and Jonas and Jonas Savimbi of UNITA. 
They, they, yeah, because the, in the meantime, the Portuguese to to support UNITA and as as we've spoken, Portuguese was a poor country. So to support all these wars, we need to start having money. The Americans are already in Cabinda uh, extracting oil. So mm-hmm. it makes sense to ask them, why don't you help us support these guys? And they will become our own pawns, you know, and UNITA becomes our own pawns. Yeah, it got um, to the point where the CIA ran out of its discretionary secret budget. They had to go to Congress. Yeah. They like ran out of the $32 billion that they had. Uh, they even spent a lot more than they should have. And then, you know, they had to go beg for money. They had sent so yeah. much shit there. Uh, I do believe they spent about $400,000 per English idiot. <laughs> to, they collected about 200 of them. They all went there. Half of them died immediately. Uh, the rest of them just lost all of their legs um, and yeah. then came back. Uh, it was a very failed mission. And then they were like, okay, I guess we got to go with the South Africans. Um, and, and then the Cubans sent in the tanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And fuck up everybody. Um, these guys, and also the the guys, as Interpress will be uh, in 74. That's one of them. The goals of the the military is to um, destroy the the main military support of the um, of the regime. So they will go after the legion that sur- simply surrenders, uh-huh. and that's it. And they are reintegrated in the police. The Portuguese police doesn't take a hit. There's not one guy that is fired. They are all wow. kept. Yeah, the political police they are dismembered. Lots of them stay in Africa, mostly through the action of Costa Gomes the same general that I told you, the guys that mm-hmm. he like and that he finds competent, he decides to help them stay there and to flee to Rhodesia and South Africa and uh, use the, the the US network that is already taking over. So the Portuguese are leaving and the Americans are taking over the exact ne- the exact same network. As Interpress will try with Spinula uh, on March 11, 75, to make a coup, a counter coup for for mm-hmm. them to for the far right, but it, it blows off and they don't they don't have any. There are no military personnel to help them. The paratroopers come out of their barracks, but they believe that they are fighting for a, a more far left government. Awesome. Because, okay. Yeah. Good. Because the awesome. leadership, the leadership betrayed them. The the paratroopers, the soldiers, they are all revolution and peace and whatever uh, the 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 brass is all like no 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 we are the elite of the Stade Novo we are the elite of the dictatorship like the commandos and they are all no 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 we are going to set up again the this kind of right wing because this is getting everywhere there are there are hippies in the street smelling and all yeah. that you know flowers um, yeah flowers in their ears guys with long hair <laughs> you know, um, and they they come from they come out from their their uh, barracks and they take over a few positions in in around Lisbon. Mm-hmm. But as soon as there is dialogue in between them and the other soldiers, and the other soldiers tell them, "Dude, you were duped." <laughs> you know, oh my god, nobody's taking a revolution. That's not happening. You're the only ones that everybody just hugs. And it, this goes live on TV. This moment happens live on TV. Really? Wow. The TV is there because it's really near. It's in the outskirts of Lisbon. It's a Raliz. It's um, Artillery okay. Regiment 1. So the police, the, the police, the, the TV station goes there with cameramen and they are interviewing everybody. 
<laughs> and the the it's not the sergeant it's like the, the lieutenant or the guy that is in charge goes uh -huh. to to the, the artillery base and starts talking with the, the military that are there and they tell me, dude, you were duped. There's nothing happening. Bro, who can't read? Him. We read the paper. We know what's <laughs> exactly. going on. <laughs> and everybody just starts hugging each other and, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I had you in my aim and things like that. Oh my God. <laughs> and this is all live on TV. I've seen the footage. It's amazing. And the people, because that's what happens and that's what brings a little bit more to this is that on the 25th of April, although the military do not intend them and they try to say to the people like over and over again, a thousand times, go home, the people stay out and the people really want to make a new, uh, a new kind of government. Mm -hmm. There are communists, there are people that want democracy, Republicans, whatever, but they do want to get rid of the dictatorship. And the military are really tired of war and of killing Portuguese. So they are like, okay, we're not going to interfere. The people want it. We'll make a transitional government, and then the people have elections and decide whatever the hell they want. They're and the military kept their them. word for the most part. They, they all retired they after the transitional yeah. government. Except Spinola. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, he was the uh, was first president? Yeah, first president. Yeah. Uh, because uh, the, the dictator of the time, uh, Marcel Caetan, um, surrendered to him because he wanted to surrender to a general. He couldn't surrender to uh, a commander or a captain that was uh, Otel. <laughs> was well, the I think the, the main, group. just to wrap things up here, I think the yeah. main lesson to take away is that never teach your empire manners, never try to win <laughs> hearts and minds. The second the Portuguese learned to say thank you, it all collapsed within like five years. Um, but now they're very kind people. They all say please yeah. and thank you every day. Um, um, yeah, okay. So, guys, you got to check out Pedro's podcast, any of my Portuguese listeners. It's Robespierre Love Too Much. And there's also Guillotine, the uh, yeah. the outlet Pedro writes for, and his podcast is on their network. Uh, you can you can get that even if you don't speak Portuguese. You can use Google Translate and yeah. stuff. Uh, it's a great source for Portuguese news. Um, it's uh, fairly left-wing. Um, fairly. <laughs> fairly left-wing. Uh, they're all they're, they're all Bonapartists, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, we come a, a weird mix of tankies, anarchists, <laughs> and Maoists. And uh, love to see left it. unity. You <laughs> love to unity. see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's once again, it's guillotine. I'll post the link in the um, in the description here, as well as Robespierre love too much, or in Portuguese, it's Robespierre muito mais. Yes. All right, Pedro. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad we made it to the end of the Portuguese Empire. I was worried it was still around. I was worried it was going to stick around <laughs> no. for another hundred years, but, but we um, have ideas of expansion again. <laughs> yeah, I wish you luck. I really do. Now that you've learned manners, imagine an empire of please and thank yous. <laughs> you know, where you're people. nice to people, where you serving, don't immediately kill. You're capable of engaging sardines. in trade. Yeah, real sardine. Every 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 man gets a sardine. A sardine in every a sardine home. Yeah. And a custard cake. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> oh, and wait, what was that? Them? What was that Portuguese liquor you talked about? Um, liquors we have a lot, but it's um, the, uh, aguardente. Uh, aguardente. Oh, it's it's aguardente. translated literally to fire water. Okay. It's a kind of vodka. It's like a forty percent alcohol thing. Cold. Okay. It's amazing. Okay, check it's it really out. Really amazing. <laughs> um, good luck out there. Uh, Thank be careful you. on the tuna boats. <laughs> um, don't step on a landmine. Yes. <laughs> uh, and how do we end this show? What is it? It's uh, oh yeah. 
Uh, fuck the police, free Palestine. Free Palestine. And if the Portuguese Empire collapsed, so will the Zionists. <laughs> yes, hell yeah, brother. Yeah, free Palestine. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. All right. See you, Basim. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. The bastard sense of hatred Ooh Ah